Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Bud Elliott, Ingram Smith, uh, back to do the second part of a two-part podcast where uh, we wanted to provide a little bit of uh, delineation on the uh, 2016 class anyways uh, as to what Florida State had previously committed, what they have on their board. And uh, we realized there's a ton of information out there about recruiting and times it can be a little bit hard to sort through. So uh wanted to do these two back-to-back podcasts uh, that are almost exclusively recruiting-focused, uh, just as kind of a reference or a, a marker, if you will, uh, as kind of a uh, an update or summarization as to where Florida State's uh, efforts stand as is. So uh, a long introduction into uh, getting into the defensive side of the ball. And, uh, Bud, let's start on the defensive line. and. Uh, probably need Florida State probably still needs to add a kid uh, that can play in and, and then another kid on the interior uh, what do you think that might look for or what that might look like going forward and uh, I'll give a little bit of a discussion as to what Florida State has committed currently yeah I agree with you I think that they're in the market for another end and another tackle most likely um, you know currently they have Janarius Robinson at a Panama City uh, Bay High School. See, I, I, I personally think he's very solid at Florida State. Now, mm-hmm. he, was recruit, he was recruiting hard at Florida State at, at their camp. I know that he put out a top 10, uh, I believe it was, a couple weeks back. But realistically, uh, I, I don't see him signing anywhere else but Florida State. I know he had a USC trip uh, that he wanted to take, but then he wasn't able to take that because the flights were uh, way too expensive, um, which, of course, anybody who's ever tried to book a flight out to L.A., um, at the last minute from Tallahassee can tell you, or, or from, you know, anywhere in the panhandle can tell you, yeah, they're, they're going to be really, really expensive. Uh, I think he's all in on Florida State and just wants to see some other places and, and take his visits. Uh, a very talented player, a guy who I think right now is a better prospect than player. Uh, and by that, I mean, you know, good athleticism, excellent frame, is yet to really put it all together on the field. Part of that, I think, is because of how quickly he was growing, you know, as, as a player. You know, he was a receiver, receiver tight end prior, prior to switching to, to the defensive side of the ball. Um, and his best football is, is most certainly ahead of him. Uh, Janarius got invited to the opening recently, so congrats to him on that. Uh, I mean, 6'5", 6'4 255 ish really imposing, uh, imposing-looking dude. And then you have Cedric Wood, who I think is an overlooked player in this class. I mean, I, I think he's appropriately rated as a four-star. Uh, but a guy that not a lot of people talk about because he's been committed uh, seemingly forever, just kind of goes about his business, you know, six-foot-plus, uh, close to 300, really talented guy. That's your defensive tackle in the class so far. And I believe he's 100% in Florida State as well. And then you kind of have this question, okay, they have three guys, Josh Brown, Kara Thomas and Jamal Couch, and all kind of fit this role of 
are you a linebacker? Are you a defensive end slash rush, you know, uh, slash rush type backer? I don't know what that will be. You know what I mean? So I think what we got to do is you, you got to figure out which guy they're going to use as an end and which guy they're going to use as a backer. And, and that may not be settled uh, in, until they actually get on campus. Jamal Couch, to me, is the one that they said they were recruiting, or not they said publicly, but the one that we got word that they were recruiting as a linebacker. But seeing him in Atlanta, uh, I mean, he looks like long, like mm-hmm. like a like a hybrid defensive end type. So when we talk ends and we talk backers in this podcast, you got to realize we're not exactly sure, and I'm not totally sure that FSU is sure uh, of exactly where these guys are going to play. Now I know Kier Thomas worked out. Um, I believe with, with, with defensive ends and, and linebacker some at four states camp um, and, and Josh Brown, I, I saw him up in, uh, up in Charlotte and he was playing defensive end exclusively up there at the Charlotte Nike camp. So three pretty talented players there. I, I'm going to bet at least one is going to end up playing sort of that Jacob Pugh role or, or we call him a linebacker, but realistically he plays more as a defensive end. Mm-hmm. Now Absolutely. on the, on the board still, uh, Shavar Manuel, who is a uh, defensive end, a jumbo defensive end, really, out, out of IMG Academy, a guy who I, I think Florida State or people expect Florida State to sign. Um, and I, I do believe Florida State still leads for him. Big-time guy. I, I think he's a, a five-star on a lot of websites. And, and to me, he's kind of that fringe four-star slash five-star prospect. I mean, you know, 6'3", 6'4", 260-ish. Uh, maybe he's going to get a lot bigger than that, too. Potentially, I know that some people believe he could he could maybe slide down and play defensive tackle uh, in in college, but more of the Edwards Jr. mold than like the Jacob Pugh, Lorenzo mm-hmm. Featherston mold there for him. Uh, good enough. The uh, two other kids that we might mention: Dexter Lawrence, uh, Marlon Davidson. Where do you think Florida State is with the two of them? I'll actually start with Marlon first. Um, I, I really do not believe Florida State has this shot at Marlon Davidson that some people do. Uh, Marlon's mom tragically passed away, uh, and uh, really he doesn't have a whole lot of family left, but one of his family members is his brother, who is on Auburn's staff and played for Auburn. So given that, that, that the kid is from Alabama, has very limited family left, I, I believe that he's going to go to a place where he still does have some family, and that's Auburn. I, I think mm-hmm. this is sort of a pipe dream for state fans. Now, I know that it still gets mentioned, and I know it's still, he still mentions life in Florida State, but uh, realistically here, I, I, do not, um, I do not see him coming to Florida State. Now, Dexter Lawrence, I think, is a player, and we discussed him, I think, a couple podcasts back, that, that I think Florida State has a real shot at. Now, he, he's a big-time defensive tackle. Some people believe he's the number one defensive tackle in the whole country out of North Carolina, Wake Forest area, and uh, doesn't say a whole lot, man. He, he listed off like 17 schools that, that he was interested in, and his recruiting, honestly, has not even started. He hasn't visited any schools, to my knowledge, that are outside the state of North Carolina, except I mean, he may have gone to Clemson one time. Um, he does have some connections to Florida in that he uh, um, he, grew up, he grew up a Gator fan, as his uncle, I think, was from Ocala, he told me, uh, and then... DeAndre Johnson is actually this kid's cousin, although they're not like tighter and he just, he just, he knows that, that they are of relation. So um, they're, they're going to have a shot with him. They just got to get him on campus, but that, that that's clearly your number one defensive tackle target right now. Florida State continues to get absolutely no traction. And I mean like no interest 
from these big time defensive tackles in SEC country. They 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 get like, mm-hmm. no shot at the, at the kids from Georgia. It ain't no, it's really not happening. It's I it, mean it, I hate to they say got no shot. Like that, the SEC but, thing is real. Well, the SEC thing is real, but and uh, how do I say this? If you're going to be good enough to be a defensive tackle, most of the time you're that's like it's rare that a kid blooms into a defensive tackle a senior year or something like that. Uh, so what I'm trying to say is that you're one of the more imposing characters on the field for a good amount of time, and I'm talking like since you start playing ball in seventh grade or something like that, and the uh, SEC tentacles, if you will, and the uh, the culture, uh, quote-unquote, it can get wrapped around you pretty quickly, uh, and it's a real tough area to go in and pull that uh, particular position out of. And also... Uh, you get beat over the head with the uh, the physical brand of ball, and uh, don't you want to go prove yourself against uh, the best? And you hear that in the entirety of the SEC, uh, but particularly along the lines of scrimmage. So uh, you're, you're probably not going to pull a kid out of Auburn or uh, Alabama. You're probably not going to pull a kid out of Metro Atlanta. Uh, it's And you're not going to pull a kid out of Albany. Uh, or Louisiana. Yeah, yeah or Louisiana. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good luck. Really good luck, and, and, and unfortunately, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. One of the uh, it's one of the only areas <clears throat> on the field that uh, well, I shouldn't say one of the only, but it's an area that uh, routinely the state of Florida, for all the talent it produces, it's not a state that produces great uh, and consistent uh, defensive tackles for whatever reason. Uh, it seems to be more an area that gives you safeties, linebackers. Now, obviously incredible defense tackles come out of the state of Florida, uh, but it's not like, say, a Louisiana uh, that is a kind of constant producer of these freakish big men. Right. And, you know, the other thing, too, is that I think the SEC, uh, accurately, in my opinion, has the reputation as, as the place you go as a defensive lineman. I mean, that, that's they, they've produced more defensive linemen in the league than any, any other conference and, and by a pretty good margin. And, uh, and so these kids know that it gets hammered home, and like Muschamp said, that's the line of scrimmage league. And so it's mm-hmm. it's pretty much impossible. You know, Florida State didn't pull anybody there last year. Uh, you know, they, they 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 just do not get success pulling defensive linemen from SEC country at all. Period. So when you see these updates on some of these recruits that, that are defensive tackles, especially from the SEC, just remember that their their chance with them is, is basically zero. Yeah. Uh, well said. I'll, I'll go back to two things real quickly. Uh, the fact that Dexter Lawrence, you tell me he's might have grown up a UF fan. Um, honestly, that's a that's a great thing to hear, in my opinion. Uh, anytime you get an out of state kid cheering for an out of state school, uh, that really opens up the door for you. It makes you interested. Uh, it also means that he's probably watched a lot of Florida Florida State games, and while those haven't been as good as they have been in the past couple of years, that's still a marquee game. And how many kids uh, How many kids have you seen that Florida State has gone up for an out-of-state kid who grew up a Florida State fan and ended up signing with uh, Florida or Miami? Uh, that's, a, uh, like, that's something you see if you, from a historical standpoint, uh, that at least that opens the door and gives you maybe an opportunity that uh, maybe it's a better-sounding thing than when you first hear it. That's all I'm all I'm trying to say there. Uh, yeah, yeah. And the, he's, seen some, he's seen some losses. 
And the J-Rob thing, I know people are, uh, or Janoris Robinson, uh, there's just not the kind of ingredients there that lead to a flip. Uh, frequently what you'll see is a kid who makes a commitment not on campus a whole lot afterwards, and that's certainly not the case. Sometimes you'll see that, and, uh, you know, one of the decision makers may be wavering on the school. By all accounts, his mother is, uh, is a hundred, you know, uh, certainly on board and very yeah. enthusiastically on board with Florida State. Um, and the, the kids, you know, he's always around Fisher. It's just not, it's not the storyline that you hear sometimes uh, that leads to a kid <clears throat> uh, leaving, you know, leaving a commitment. So uh, unless that comes up, uh, Otherwise, I, I think we can kind of just let that that storyline rest and and fear uh, feel fairly confident about uh, him being in the class. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about that. Having mom on your side is a uh, is a good thing if you're forced state, and I, I believe that they they firmly have her uh, in their corner. Cool. Um, we can we can move to linebacker, and, and you've got the two commitments. Uh, the Emmett Rice kid out of uh, was he out of Norland, uh, Bud? I know he's out of out of the Miami area, correct? Uh, Emmett Rice, yes, he is. Yeah, he, he, okay. he goes to, goes to Miami Norland. Uh, obviously, Uncle Luke is the Uncle Luke coordinator there. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, Uncle Luke has become pretty friendly with Florida State coaching staff. Uh, oddly enough, uh, yeah, and he has a word amount of uh, yeah, a little friendly banter, absolutely. And I, I think Luke really cares about those kids, first and foremost, which is important to me. He's not just a former celebrity coaching. He's a former celebrity who, you know, who uses that uh, to to his kids' advantage. You know, he, he's able to drive them up to camps and uh, um, has the means to do so when some high school coaches don't and uh, and, and really does promote these kids the, the best he can. So, for State, now, when we're talking linebackers here, do they have two commits? Do they have five commits? Do they have somewhere in the middle? I think ding, ding, ding. That's probably what they have. Uh, we already talked Josh Brown, Kier Thomas, Jamal Couch, three players who could be a linebacker, could be a rush in. We'll have to see. Uh, I think Emmett Rice and Tyree Horton are, are your two kids who are, are very clearly just linebackers, like definitely not uh, going to be, you know, uh, defensive end hybrid types. Uh, and Florida State, I, I think, is looking to take one more even in, in this class. They already have Emmett, who is, is – Sort of a Telvin Smith type in that he's he's skinny, he's real quick. We'll have to see how much weight he can put on and and, and how that's going to impact his career. Ultimately, Telvin was able to to overcome the, the lack of size, uh, in part because Fort State put him in a position to do so, uh, in part because he had great instincts and, and explosiveness, uh, and he also had great players around him that oftentimes kept blockers off him. And then Horton is a guy I think who is, is as a junior college kid projects to come in and and, uh, and compete right away uh, for a starting job in 2016. Uh, a player who I, I think is still kind of open, but he did officially visit Forest State because he's an early enrollee. Uh, he takes his official visits early. He did visit Forest State, and he said that that, that kind of sewed up his commitment. We'll see if he ends up taking these official visits to other schools and, and if, uh, if he's really 100% solid. I know Florida still feels like they have a pretty good shot to flip him and talking to some sources in Gainesville. So uh, interested to see what happens there. Then we have uh, so, some targets on, on the board, the first of which is a name that I think Florida State fans will, will remember pretty uh, pretty fondly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I take it you're talking about Bush Jr., uh, Devin Bush Jr., uh, Devin Bush Sr., one of the better safeties, uh, made a, a 
fairly iconic play in in what was uh, what Florida State's first time to beat Miami, and I don't remember if it was four or five years, something like that, way too long, uh, in the 93 game. And uh, his son's a, a pretty damn good ball player in his own right. Uh, I think the two names that you've heard the most about there, uh, at first was Georgia, uh, besides Florida State, when talking about them, Bush Jr., at first you heard a lot of Georgia, and now uh, Michigan seems to become more and more of a player. But so, what do you think? Uh, what do you think the situation is there, and, and where does Florida State stand? Yeah, to be honest, uh, I, I think Michigan is a, ma- is a major player for Devin Bush Jr. I mean, you, you see them taking former Miami commitment Devin Gill, who I really don't believe can play at Michigan. Like, I, I think he's like an FIU uh, Mac you know, lower-level ACC, lower-level Big Ten-type player. Uh, and yet they took his commitment. They had uh, – I uh, believe they had Devin Bush uh, in, Sr. end up speaking at one of their camps, which is, look, totally legal and above board, uh, but obviously it is a, a nice gesture there if you're recruiting his son. Uh, you get some of these message board wonks who uh, believe that, that they're going to hire, uh, hire his dad away and all that kind of stuff uh, in order to get him. I, I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, but it's pretty clear that Michigan is uh, very intent on getting in good at Flanagan High School, and and they in taking a guy like Devin Gill, a player who I don't believe Florida State would ever take. He just he, he's not that he's, I mean, I don't think Devin Gill Devin Gill would ever see the field at Florida State. I, yeah. I saw him at, at, at the Nike camp, and and I thought that kid who at the time was a Miami commit. I was like that kid's a Miami commit. Like no way, this, this kid can't play. So um, that kid, uh, that kid you project maybe be like of the caliber to play at Wake or like a ECU or somewhere. FIU. That yeah. yeah, exactly. Maybe Purdue, something like right. that. Uh, and, and, yeah, they go and take him in a report, in an important rebuilding recruiting class for Harbaugh and them, which I think, where to be was, honest. Where was he first committed, that kid, again? Uh, uh, Miami, who I think was doing huh. the same thing. Yeah. So that's I, what Miami's doing nowadays. Okay. All right, telling. Look, now, Florida State has Florida State did that in the past. I think you know potentially with 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 some kids in order you know take one in order to get one, but it was a it wasn't some kid from across the country. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they, they they weren't taking uh, looking for they weren't taking some some two star off Mario Edwards Jr.'s team in order to get Edwards Jr. out of Texas. You know, a school that you're probably not going to establish a pipeline to. Could anyway, I, uh, I mean, could I float a name out there, Bud? Sure. Justin Bright. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Back 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 in the day, what what, what year was that? Twenty two thousand eight or two thousand nine? Uh, he was the class before Lattimore. Uh, and he was wait, wasn't Dawkins? Was he the class before Dawkins? Uh, I thought he was after Dawkins. Hold on a second, but but I, I remember that class also had Brandon. Um, you had like a couple kids from. Uh, oh God, what what high school is that? I I, I the names on take my tongue. Uh, Oh my gosh, uh, Brian or Bur- how do you pronounce it? In the B Y R N E S. Oh, Burns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's the Lattimore School, right? You also had, I think, two other real solid D one kids who got caught up in the whole. Um, uh, if I recall, remember the Tennessee hostess situation? A oh yeah, year yeah. Back? Had yeah. The, uh, good call. You had a. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the funnier stories recruiting has given us in a while. Uh, that's, that was just Lane Kiffin, absolutely being Lane Kiffin. Yeah, you had a defensive end and a defensive tackle, I believe. Uh, I know one of them ended up going to Tennessee and was a 
a decent ball player. Uh, and then the other one, I think, well, I, don't, I think the other one had a little bit of a journeyman. Might have gone three or four different places. I, I did both of the names. Corey, Corey was the first name of one of them. Uh, I'm just rambling. <laughs> Do you remember rambling, uh, grabbing first names, last names? Uh, I'm sure this is a, a fun listen, but uh, yeah. Those, Do you remember it, her, her name? Do, do you remember the the, the, fa- the famous hostess name, the the, the blonde the hostess name? Uh, no, but she was uh, she was linked with uh, with many a player, if I remember correctly. Yeah, uh, her name uh, was very Tennessee, Lacey Pearl at or Earps. That uh, is that is the name. Well, under done. Lane Kiffin, they called her the closer because of her success rate as a recruiting hostess. Uh, <laughs> and she actually, have you ever read the system? The 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 Armin Katayan book, no, Mm-mm. it's pretty good. It, it's on recruiting. Um, uh, in in that she was like her job is to flirt with them. Uh, she of course denied ever getting physical with anybody, uh, but said that hostesses were expected to carry on like long distance yeah. quasi relationships, if you will, uh, and right. maybe tease them a little. And uh, quote, these are high school boys. Uh, they have one thing on their mind. Um, and remember, she she was also uh, one of the uh, I guess can we call her a lead recruiter? I guess we can uh, to get Bryce Brown. That Bryce Brown started back out of exactly, Kansas a while back. Exactly what I was about to say. She was uh, she was linked, if you will, with Bryce Brown. She was also, and Lord knows we didn't plan on going down this rabbit hole, but she was also um, like one of the first people that I ever remember like being uh, like leveraging social media uh, for stuff like this. Like I remember her. Yes. Uh, tweeting, just using, being the first person that would uh, that would that would use the Twitter for kind of uh, recruiting purposes that were uh, not traditional. Uh, so oh, this is the best from the book, by the way, Ingram. Uh, Erps went the extra mile, hundreds of miles, in fact, to close <laughs> deals for, to close deals for other players as well. She confirmed she was one of the UT hostesses who traveled to Duncan, South Carolina in December 2009, to be seen at a Burns high school game, which was, of course, uh, a violation of NCAA rules. And I believe some actual legal trouble, not for her, but for someone uh, came out of one of those trips, if I recall. Something I don't really want to get into right now, but if you Google that, you can find that, I think, pretty easily. Anyway, uh, that was a fun little aside there. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> little little, uh, little visit down uh, history lane in the recruiting world. So, uh, good times. Bryce Brown allegedly told Lane Kiffin uh, when asked what he wanted to do on his return trip to Knoxville, all I want to do is hang out with Lacey. <laughs> Go ball. You all know right. what? Good uh, for him. Good for him. Uh, yeah, if that's, that, that's the position you find yourself in life. Uh, hope, hope it was a fun uh, couple of weeks, Bryce. <laughs> well done. <laughs> oh, man. He transferred out of there. Yeah, pretty oh, quickly. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, uh, do, 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 do. what do we got here? Um, oh, other linebacker uh, recruits and targets. So, we already talked to Evan Bush Jr. I, I don't think Florida State's out of it for him. I, th- I think there's still a shot. I also don't think he is necessarily the the level of player. And i got to be careful here. I You occasionally see the schools take take like an FIU-level player in order to get like a, like a five-star, like a major impact guy. I don't think Devin right. Bush Jr. is that yeah. player. I mean, he, he's... Yeah. He's he's like five eleven and a half, six foot. He is a big time hitter, 
not quite as good in coverage as, as you would expect for a guy who's a little bit undersized. You know, he, he's sort of a, uh, a run-and-hit type linebacker. Um, we'll have to see how he is at taking on blocks and, and uh, if, if he can become a better coverage player. But that – I don't know that I'd be taking, like, FIU-level kids just, just to get Devin Bush Jr. Now, of course, there are some other really talented players at Flanagan High School, um, you know, who are, are freshmen and sophomores. So maybe that, that's more of a long-term play at that high school by Michigan. But if it was just for Bush Jr., who I like, uh, I, I don't think they'd be doing that. The other two guys who I know are real high on their board, uh, one, Keon Joyner out of North Carolina. And uh, Keon is a player who it's hard to get a read on. I mean, we know that, that he has a good relationship with Brad Lawing, the coach who was formerly at Florida, and now, now he's FSU's defensive ends coach. And we know that he also likes LSU a lot. Other than that, he doesn't do a whole lot of interviews, and he, uh, he hasn't really visited anywhere. So they need to get this kid on campus for a visit hopefully for them, in the uh, in the July camp. And if that happens, I think you can get the ball rolling and, and maybe become a major player for this guy. But until he actually visits, it's hard, it's, it's hard to really make any kind of predictions for him. And then the other one is, uh, is Ben Davis uh, out of Alabama. Now, I saw Davis over the weekend, incredibly impressive prospect. I mean, 6'4", 250, but moves very well for his size, made an incredible leaping interception. I mean, a legit – like number one inside linebacker and a country type player. Of course, he also has some pretty good genes in that his dad was the number was the number one tackler ever for Alabama. So <laughs> if you want to like on the difficulty scale here, uh, pulling a kid out of Gordo whose dad was the number one linebacker or number one tackler ever for Alabama, who and whose dad wants him to go to Alabama, like has right. said to Alabama newspapers, I want him at Alabama. That would seem like on the difficulty scale, about a 10. Now, he does like Florida State a lot. He told me that, yeah, I, I really like Florida State, man. I, I got a good relationship with Charles Kelly. He's going to go on another visit to FSU. So if you have a chance here, and I don't think you have much of one, obviously, I think maybe the chances that he wants to go somewhere else and make his own name for himself, you know? Like, he's he, he's not yeah. someone I think is, like, totally pulled in by the Alabama mystique necessarily, despite having grown up you know, watching Alabama games, going to Alabama games. Uh, still, I would not pick anybody but the tie for him at this point. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, he's uh, also tight with Kevin Steele. He knows Kevin Steele pretty well, who's now at LSU. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that sounds like an easy get. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and expect him to be part of the class. Uh, anybody else you want to uh, touch on at linebacker? Uh, I think it's just those three right now. And in my opinion, I think Florida State is most likely only going to add one more. Um, now, they could take two, I guess, if, if you got big-time guys uh, on the board. But, um, you know, I, I, think, uh, I think one more is probably your most likely one if it's a good one. Cool. Uh, that's a, a decent segue into the, uh, the final four of the defense, if you will, uh, or the back four, rather. and. Uh, Let's talk about a kid that uh, is is really one of the more exciting prospects uh, that, in my opinion, that Florida State has this year, um, and it's because uh, it's because to be quite honest with you, he's grown a little bit. Uh, a kid uh, out of Virginia, Lavonta Taylor, uh, a guy that when we first started talking about him, we're like, hey, look, great kind of almost supercharged athlete, but uh, almost a uh, 
a more um, like a, a Greg Reed that's a, a little more straight line fast, uh, if you will, as far as the size and his game and what he brings uh, in, in the return game and things like that. But a guy that is, what, maybe in a legitimate 5'11 now uh, and somebody that is looks to still have all the kind of ridiculous physical skills but also a lot more of a uh, kind of a, a pro-ready body, if, uh, if that's not the greatest description, but uh, gives him a little more legitimacy as to what you think he may project out as a, as a corner. Yeah, he also calls out Vernon Hargraves on Twitter, which is a, a pretty uh, pretty bravado uh, thing to do. Yeah, I actually talked to Levante, and he said that uh, – I asked him, I said, man, did you grow like last year? Because I don't remember you being that tall and that fast. And he said, yeah, yeah, I did. I, I, I grew like at least an inch, and, and I, I dropped uh, – what do you say? I think, he, I think he said he dropped two-tenths off his 40 time. So a good reminder that, that prospects do continue to grow um, – because the kid I saw last year at the opening was a promising player, but not the number one corner in the country. If you put two inches on him or an inch, inch or two and, and drop two tens off his 40 time, then I think he, he becomes a player that's in that conversation. So I, you know, good to confirm that, that he did indeed do that um, because I, I had his numbers last year from camps and stuff. And it was, uh, and it wasn't what was on some of these sites, but now, now the updated stuff for sure. Really good player, big time recruiter for FSU now, and another player out of that Virginia area that they're able to uh, to go and get. Yeah, absolutely, a guy that uh, that we talked about at first is kind of a, a Greg Reed, or a, I think we I think you even said a supercharged Tony Carter. Uh, maybe not as much. Uh, maybe a you know a legitimate guy that's five eleven or so and um, can can match up with most people on the field. So, uh, and, a, and a guy who's real, like you said doesn't lack bravado and doesn't uh isn't isn't shy about Florida State and, and trying to get people to join the class. So quite the asset there uh in Taylor. Let's move to uh Kyle Myers a recent commitment, kid out of uh, New Orleans area, if I'm correct. Um but give me your opinion on him, not somebody that we've previously discussed. Uh yeah, Kyle Myers is a player that they ended up picking up Towards the end of camp, uh, you know, he, he, from from the New Orleans area, if you talk to people in New Orleans, they like him a ton. I think I think his huddle was good, but not great. Uh, he's a player who, with, with good height and good length. Uh, a guy that I know that they really like because he can press uh, and, and press a lot. He, he's a very aggressive player um, and a guy that's going to be able to put on some more size as well and become an even more effective and stronger press coverage type corner, uh, you know, has, has good straight line speed, I think. Um, maybe not the most agile kid in the world, uh, a little bit uh, a little bit more straight line than, than, than agile. But uh, I, I saw him this weekend, and, and he made some really nice coverage plays, and then he had some where he kind of got turned around. Overall, though, I think this is an important point that I, I want to make here, and I, I think I'll, I'll bring it up now because of Myers. Four State is in the market for some very high-profile corners in, the, in this class, right? And everybody knows that. But there's also this idea of, of variance. And when, when you chase all these superstars down the stretch, there's a chance you land them all. There's also a chance that you, you don't. And there's a chance you whiff on all of them down the stretch. So I, I think there's, it's very important that you sort of lock in some level of certainty with your class, if you will, mm-hmm. in that, hey, we're going to go ahead and take a kid who's a borderline three-slash-four-star 
because we don't want to be scrambling at the last minute when you know two five stars turn us down and then we have to go try and find some kid to fill that slot. You know, it there Florida State has, has missed on some targets in recent years, in my opinion, who they had a good shot at. But other teams also had a good shot at them. And it's left them short with, with numbers at a few certain positions. So, you know, look, it'd be great to have a team full of just incredibly full of five stars. And it'd be great to, to recruit at Alabama's level, which Florida State does not. All right. But if, if, you're, if you have the awareness to realize that you cannot recruit quite at that level, um, and I don't think Florida State's season is going to be something that's going to push them over the top either here uh, to, to, to land more and more of those kids. It's important you build the base for that class. So if Kyle Myers is your number three corner in this class, paired with Levante Taylor, that is a really, really nice corner class. And I think it's, it's better than a situation to where you're trying to, to – if, if you have a situation where you have to try and fit in Trayvon Mullen and Nigel Knott down the stretch and they both want to come on, fine. But, A, Myers is really tight with Knott, and, and they, they travel together and stuff, and they, they train together. Um, even though not from Mississippi, I, I think that's that's a good thing to have on your side. And B, it's good to establish that depth and that base for the class. Absolutely, it's uh, only a two two things. One, uh, be great to see Florida State sign a kid out of out of Louisiana. Uh, great to see them get back into the uh, that I-10 corridor that was so uh, you know so successful for them. 15 years ago or so, I don't think they'll ever replicate the success, but you want to have at least a presence there. And uh, it's a kid that you got to evaluate in person. And anytime you do that and, and there's questions about, uh, you know, oh, from the fan base, oh, this kid didn't a high four-star, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you have to give the coaches the benefit of the doubt there. And I think you make a great point as kind of uh, go ahead and, and, and locking in uh, something in the class. And it's a great hedge is what it really is. If things go uh, south with, with the, uh, the the two prospects that you mentioned there, uh, Mullen and Knott, then you've, you've got a, a pretty solid asset uh, booked into the class and certainly somebody that pairs well with Taylor. So uh, a very nice addition all around. Definitely. Um, and then the other DP you have right now is a kid named Jamel Cook who just continues to impress. I mean, you're talking extremely tall, long player, uh, some people look at him and say, is he, a, is he a corner? Is he a safety? Is he a linebacker? Maybe he's a rush defensive end. It really says something to me that people are asking these, these questions uh, because it shows the, the athleticism paired with the frame that this kid has. Personally, I believe that he's a long, rangy safety uh, who, who is going to be able to, uh, to make interceptions and, and cover a lot of ground, but also have, have the length. Um, to, to bat passes away and and, uh, and and create some tip balls and whatnot. So, uh, really, really talented player there. And uh, just so, somebody I, I think that Florida State fans need to be extremely excited about, a uh, four-star at a Miami Central who just continues to rise up the rankings. I, I don't know if he'll end up as a five-star. I think he needs to show more uh, more playmaking ability actually on the, the football field as opposed to on the seven-on-seven in the camp circuit. Uh, but he'll have the chance to do that come this fall. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, a kid that uh, Miami Central continues to be to be very very kind to Florida State and a guy that's just worth watching. You're right. Anything Definitely. else um, you want to talk about uh, before we kind of uh, 
segue into a little bit of a broader discussion? Uh, let me see. We're 35 in right now. Uh, quick on, on Trayvon Mullen and Nigel Knott. Uh, talked to Trayvon a little bit this weekend. He does want to make another visit to Porter State. Uh, still likes a lot of schools, likes LSU, likes Porter State. I know LSU people are very confident they're going to sign Trayvon Mullen. Um, so that, that's something to watch there. And then Nigel Knott, a player who I believe uh, may actually sign or, or may actually commit at the opening. Um, Adam Mississippi, hmm. a corner. And uh, just loved his visit to Florida State. I mean, big time liked it. Also likes Tennessee. Also likes Ole Miss. Also likes Alabama. Also likes Mississippi State. Florida State has not had good success in the state of Mississippi really at all. And just that's despite the fact that it, it you know, it's a national powerhouse program. It has Tim Brewster, who did recruit in Mississippi for a couple of years when he was at Mississippi State. They just not had success. But uh, I'll give Chris Knee credit on this uh, from the last FSU camp. He was pointing out how you know, uh, not basically the entire family came down for the camp. And, and, and that was his second visit there uh, this year. And, and he really does like Florida State. So the, I think there's – how do I say this? I give Florida State a better chance at signing not than I did uh, at signing maybe some previous kids from Mississippi or, or just the average kid in Mississippi due to the fact that he did visit twice and he brought the family. Uh, and and I, he told me, look, I'm not a kid – that has to stay in, in, in the state of Mississippi. I, I'm, I'm open mm-hmm. to going other places. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, interesting development would not certainly a guy that was as impressive as anybody uh, with his performance at the Jimbo Fisher camp. And it would be, uh, it'd be somewhat ironic if, if LSU continues to have this great success in Florida recruiting corners, they got the kid out of IMG committed currently and they got the uh, five-star kid out of Jacksonville last year. Uh, and then involved with Mullen, and then you see somebody like not go from from Mississippi uh, down I-10 out to Tallahassee. It seems to be a little bit of, of mobility, if you will, at the uh, cornerback position that that hasn't uh, hasn't existed at other positions. So, uh, just a, a random comment there, and and LSU's done uh, damn well. They, I mean, they've done well historically recruiting uh, defensive backs from the state of Florida, but particularly the past couple of years. Exactly. All right. Uh, and then we have uh, we have two questions here, right? Yes. All right. Uh, team up. Uh, yeah, and, and just as a side note, uh, sometimes we'll get a question that we think is, a, to be honest with you, too good of a question uh, as to ask just in the final minutes of a podcast, uh, and we try to store those away and, and circle back to them at a time. Uh, that we have a little bit more, uh, we can have a little bit more of a broader discussion, and, and, and these things aren't necessarily time sensitive. So uh, we'll break out two of those. And the first one, I think, is a uh, particularly good question, Bud. And it is uh, quote, As we all know, FSU has only lost one game since the indoor practice facility was built. My question is, how much do you think this has been part of the winning as of late? Because I remember hearing somewhere that if you calculated the hours lost from a practice before the IPF, it comes to about a week or two lost throughout the year. I mean, I, I think that, wouldn't surprise me if that number's not low, actually. Yeah, it probably is. I mean, they, they use that thing more than just. I mean, a week of practice is what five days, so they they definitely use that thing due to rain more than five times throughout the season. So it, it's probably it's probably closer to two weeks. But I, I think the other thing too here is that look, sometimes 
Tallahassee gets really, really hot, right? And you may have just come off a big-time physical game or you may have short rests and, and you need to get your practice in. But maybe the best thing is not uh, to practice in, in the crazy heat. Maybe to go inside where it's not like well air conditioned or anything, but at least you get a little bit of shade and, and it's not quite as hot in there as it is out, out, yeah. out on the field. It's, it's not 110. Absolutely. Right. And, and this, this nonsense of, oh, you got to be, gotta be super tough and got to practice in the heat all the time. It, it's, it's just that it, it's, it's nonsense. Um, you know, modern training techniques realize that that doesn't uh, really help you pass a certain point. And uh, in fact, it, it can be to your detriment to constantly be out in the heat. So I, I think when you have a, uh, an indoor practice facility it does aid in your recovery and it, it helps the coaching staff and they have to figure out the right formula, but it, it gives them a, a variable to help them calculate the right level of sort of uh, environmental resistance, if you will, uh, w w when training. In addition to the obvious thing of now you have these lightning meters due to liability where you have to wait 30 minutes after each lightning mm -hmm. strike, which is just right. insane. Uh, and Fisher's, I'm sorry. Oh, no, go on. I apologize. Uh, and, and Fisher has explained previously that, uh, um, you know, look, when, when you have these lightning practices and you don't have an indoor practice facility, it screws up the rest of your day and potentially the rest of your week because now these kids are supposed to be in study halls. So, so do you cancel practice, let them go to study hall, or do you just push that back? And ultimately, uh, he, like he said, we the ain't reason, not going to practice. Right. And the reason they don't practice early in the mornings for the most part is because he knows that kids are kids and they are not going to go to bed early to get up early for practice, which means that what they're, they're, they're basically robbing them of their sleep. Because these kids are going to stay up on Instagram and Snapchat, talking to girls, talking to their buddies, playing video games. They're, they're college kids. That's what they do. They're, they're in a college environment. They're not professionals. You cannot expect them to be in bed by 10 o'clock. They're staying up till 2 or 3 in the morning easily, just looking into their social media. All these guys are still up late. So – you know, if you if you end up then pushing back study hall and all that stuff, you're cutting to sleep even more. Uh, so the indoor thing is, is really a, a thing that uh, has impacted their lifestyle quite a bit. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I agree a lot of what you said, and I think it's a good answer. It's also a fairly different answer than the one that first jumped to mind for me. I, I think it's a great asset for Florida State, and I think it's a particularly successful uh, tool for Jimbo Fisher because it really is absolutely his baby. It's something that he talked about uh, from his first days on campus. It's something that he was pretty aggressive with uh, kind of seeking and uh, securing the funding for. Uh, this is something that has been his from day one. Uh, I think it's kind of his... Uh, it's just his uh, initial stamping of both the campus uh, and that area of the world. It's something that you see every time he drives into his office, every time he wakes up in his office and looks out the window. Uh, it is kind of his baby. It's his, um, it's his really kind of defining uh, or his first point of direction as to where he wanted to go with the program, what the program needed. And it's uh, something that when you go around and you look at the major uh, college football powers, it's, uh, it's really a must-have at this point. And it's uh, just yet another reinforcement that uh, Florida State is, is playing college football at the absolute highest level right now. Absolutely. 
Um, and then uh, we have uh, what you call it? Uh, we have one more, right? Yeah, there's uh, there's one other question uh, that I thought was a, a good one and worth referencing, and it is uh, a question that deals with expectations. And it's what do you think Jimbo Fisher's actual expectations are for this team? Not the generic coach speak, uh, but his actual realistic wants and expectations for what he gets out of this year's team. I think that you can tell his expectations based on his comments on the booster tour, all of which were basically uh, young, real young, 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 inexperienced, talented, uh, never really played a game before, super inexperienced, uh, you know, young, young. He gets it. What what does inexperience and youth mean? Inconsistency. And what does inconsistency lead to? Some really good games and also some losses. Losses with an S. I think that Jimbo Fisher, if he's being honest with himself and takes an honest assessment of his roster, should expect the team to lose multiple games. Uh, and I think that he's going to be looking for uh, – I mean, right now, you can kind of count on one hand how many dependable players you have on this team, like guys you can really count on, right? Aguayo, absolutely. Very few. Aguayo, Ramsey, uh, Dalvin, even though he had the fumbling problem. I'm going to count Rod Johnson just because of the talent level and because he played really well basically the, the last half of the yeah, season. That's fair. Absolutely. That's four. Do you want to count Terrence Smith, even though he can never stay healthy? I, I mean, you got several guys in this roster who, you know, have never stayed healthy throughout their careers, but are decent players when they're healthy. Um, you know, and then you got some guys who are very average players, uh, not, not dudes you can really count on to make a play for you. So, and, and then you have a bunch, a boatload of, of super young talent. Mm-hmm. I think one thing he's going to be looking for this year is to see which of these young guys can step up and become dependable, uh, which maybe dependable is, is, is the word I, I need to use there instead of guys you can count on. Which of these guys will step up and be dependable as they make, a, as they make preparations for what could be a really nice 2016 season? Um, I, I think that that's something you're really, that, that he's going to be looking for this year. We were talking yesterday in in, the, in our, our editorial planning room about bold predictions. And one I said was, I think 80% of FSG's yards in scrimmage are going to come from freshmen or sophomores. And now I think about it, I don't know if it's really that bold. That might just be, yeah, that's accurate. I mean, who else is really going to be, is going to be providing rushing yards or receiving yards? Pender, I guess, will get some. Uh Either Bobo Wilson or Kermit will get a little bit. Your, your tight ends are, are the, at least the ones that have a chance to start are all young tight ends. I mean, this is a team that is incredibly young, and their important players are, are incredibly young. Fisher has to realize that. He, he saw how spring practice went. I, I think he realizes that um, that he's got a lot of dead weight at the top of his roster that really can't contribute, can't be counted on, and is not elite talent. And, uh, and I, I, I mean, if he's realistic – there's not a game on this schedule that they can't win, but there are seven games on the schedule where they are absolutely not a lot to win. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I think that those are two sides of that spectrum. What is his expectations are to, you base your expectations on the, uh, uh, you know, on, on what uh, sort of the most likely scenario. I think the most likely scenario is somewhere in between that zero and that seven. Yeah, fair enough. And just from the, uh, uh, just from kind of the law of averages, if you will, you're, you're probably not going to be able to 
pull out some of the games that you you damn near lost last year. Uh, you just you know those things tend to catch up with you, uh, tend to even out over time. And it's uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the tampering of expectations is intentional, uh, and I think it's legitimate uh, to answer the guy's question. I would expect uh, I would expect for Jimbo Fisher's expectations to be state champions this year, and I know that means very little to some and sounds ridiculous and, and high schoolish, uh, but I don't think you can expect to win uh, the. I don't think you can expect to go up and beat Clemson at Clemson uh, with this roster. You certainly could do it, but an expectation would be uh, – I don't think it can be an expectation in any way, shape, or form. So uh, if I'm Jimbo Fisher, that's kind of where I set the bar. And uh, at least for me anyways, that's what I would ex- expect and uh, want from this year's team. Absolutely. Uh, we, we got anything else? No, man, I think that's good. Uh you know, a good idea to do two different uh, little recruiting podcasts and then tack on a little bit of general discussion at the end. But uh, hopefully this will serve as, as good kind of reference points for people and, and those that don't follow uh, recruiting from kind of a everyday perspective that uh, that some do. So certainly appreciate the time, Bud, and thought those were uh, successful and hopefully people enjoy them and, uh, you know, get, get take some type of knowledge from them uh, if, if they want to. Definitely. All right, Aaron. Cool. Uh, enjoyed it, and we'll have these up soon. Absolutely. Thank you, bud. And thank you, as always, uh, for the listen. Talk next time. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.